I had a very strange childhood. I had the worst case any doctor had ever seen. My job is to keep healing. So that is the story. We all have remarkable stories within us. Stories of adversity, challenges, triumphs, and ultimately of healing. This is Your Health, Your Story, the podcast. Casper Schultz, co-founder of Innovative Medicine and the host of this podcast, excited to share this episode as we go into what might very well be the next big thing in medicine since stem cells. Back in 2002, there was an article from Dr. Michael Ramsey at Baylor University Medical Center entitled, Will Stem Cells Transform Medicine? The article starts out with a quote from Harold Vargas, director of NIH, that states, Stem cell research has the potential to revolutionize the practice of medicine and improve the quality and length of life. There is almost no realm of medicine that might not be touched. The article goes on to weigh the implication of using stem cells, a pretty touchy subject, and concludes, As a society, we are obligated to balance what we are capable of doing against what we should be doing. These decisions are critical since they shape the future of medicine and healthcare for our communities. The future of medicine is now, and the tough decisions must be made today. But that was almost 20 years ago now. And while we can't deny stem cells have incredible potential, new developments in other areas of regenerative medicine are making some serious waves. And one of those areas is PRP, platelet-rich plasma. Today's guest is an expert on the subject and the creator of a new system using PRP to vastly improve outcome, personalize treatments, and utilize intravenous super-concentrated dosages to not only recruit stem cells, but also to help treat a host of chronic diseases including neurodegenerative and autoimmune conditions. And that just might be the tip of the iceberg of what's possible. This is the story of True Dose PRP with Tapley Holland. So about... Um... Well, now it's going to almost five years ago. Uh, prior to that, I had always been in, in the regenerative medicine field, and I was what you would call, I guess, a field expert that I would be called in the field. I would speak to physicians, and I, and I guess just because I had a photographic memory, I could, I could just have a lot of study and information on recall. Um, and then, um, and then, so that led me to just having this 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 specialized role with the company I, I previously worked for. And I had this idea about, I guess, what Trudos would be, you know, many years ago. But it wasn't until around 2015, I was on a mission trip. And at the end of the trip, they said, hey, we got this kid who's a, who's a quadriplegic, will we'll stem cells work for him? And I said, well, if you look at the literature, you know, especially if you're, if you're dealing with, with an injury at this area, nothing will work, nothing. And to make a long story short, I said, if, but if you get him for surgery, I'm coming down here. Um, I'm, I'm coming back down here, even if I have to do it on my own dime. And a week later, I get a call. And the only way I can describe it is, is if, if the moment I said, yes, I would go, if it was, if it was, if it was possible to prevent me from getting there, anything to delay me, because I was working on a time crunch. Um, the, they said, Hey, we can do the surgery, but, but it has to happen at this time and anesthesia won't do it. And it, you got to understand down there where I was going, it's not something that they were really open to say. Um, they, they usually don't elect to do surgery on these types of patients. I'll just put it that way. And 
um, it's just much easier to not do surgery. But I said, I'm coming. And so when I finally land at the airport, I, I, I wake up and immediately this, the only way I can describe it is, is some sort of divine inspiration came to me where I knew exactly what needed to be done. I, don't, I can't describe it other than I knew exactly what to do, how to do it, how much, where. Um, and Now you were a field expert for 15 years in regenerative medicine, correct? Right. Okay, so you right. had that leading up to it. You had this expertise and you're in this place and suddenly this, this inspiration kind of comes about you with this specific case, right? Yeah, I had no, I, I, had, <clears throat> I had no expertise in, say, spinal cord injury. Oh, uh, okay. Um, you know, uh, which is what we were dealing with because you're talking about, you're talking about things that, that, you know, uh, the injury we were dealing with is there's no turning back. I mean, think of Christopher Reeves, right. you know, where, uh, there really are zero options. And so, um, so, and, that, and that's kind of like the, the, and I had no background in that. That wasn't even my field. I, I, I did mostly in bone and orthopedics and, and, and neuro related things, but nothing spinal cord related. Uh, so, and as I'm driving to the hospital or as the guy's taking me to the hospital, we had a two hour drive. I quickly am like, okay, I, I, I have the idea. And I quickly, uh, start, uh, Googling articles to kind of verify, you know, will this work? And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I, I can't tell anybody what we're doing. There's no way. Um, and when I get there, more problems are happening to me and I'm sweating and I'm kneeling down and the, 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 they're waiting for me and the surgeon turns to me and says, okay, what are we going to do? And, and by the way, this is, I think this is the first time I'm telling the story because mm -hmm. um, he says, what are we going to do? And I said, uh, well, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And he goes, okay, hold on, wait, we're going to do what? Uh, how many of these have you done? I said, this is my first one. How many have you done? And he, he goes, well, well, this is my first one too. How, how do you know this is going to work? And I go, I don't know how to explain this, but I know it's going to work. And that's all I needed to say. And he goes, okay, okay, hand me this, hand me that. And the machine breaks and more problems happen and I'm on my knees and I'm on the floor and I'm, and you can see sweat coming through my, my hood and, and, uh, or my cap. And he's like, what's wrong with you, my friend? And, uh, and let me just tell you what I, I just went through to get here. And I tell him everything and, and you could, you could tell that, that, that they, it kind of paralyzed him a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. okay, maybe this is something that is just, this is, this is the forces of good and bad. And, um, uh, he sits and he goes, hey, have you ever heard the story of Job in the Bible? And I go, I've never read the Bible. I don't No, I don't. He tells me about it. And he says, hey, and, and at the end, you know, uh, Job was rewarded for his faithfulness. And, his, and, and I said, well, hey, that, that's why I'm here. And the moment I said, that's why I'm here, the, the OR wall falls down wow. all, over the, all over the sterile field. I mean, you could have heard a pin drop. Through the whole, through the whole OR floor. And it wasn't like, you know, he looks at me and goes, my friend, I've been here a long time. 
I never, never see nothing like that. Mm. And behind the wall was black mold. Mm. You got to think in that moment, I was like, I knew emphatically that if there is good and evil, that this is it. This is, this is the clash of the Titans right here. And it confirmed to me just what this was. Um, so we did the, the, the whole treatment on him. And the next morning, uh, there was no expectations on anything. And again, they, they treat all these, they treat these patients routinely because of the way that they transport down there on the, on the island. So they see these routinely. So there was, there was no expectation. And the next morning he wakes up and he's moving his shoulders. Hmm. And if, to give you some context for maybe people who are listening, some context, if you have a spinal cord injury right here and you don't get intervened within 24 hours, the literature overwhelmingly demonstrates that you, your chances of getting, gaining any neurological function back is virtually less. It's, it's virtually almost less than 1%. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this kid was seven days out. Um, so he starts moving his shoulders and then, you know, through the video that you saw, you saw through two weeks and then six months, the kid miraculously, he's now walking. Right. So then three months later, after that first kid, I get another call and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And I'm not going, so I said, I wasn't going to go down there because I just didn't want that to be, I didn't, I, I just wanted that to be what it was, was just kind of just, I'll call it a divine appointment. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I don't know. I, I just, that, that's, that's definitely not me to, to be thrown in these situations, but I went anyway. And if you can imagine things happen worse, they did. And for this podcast, I, I probably shouldn't tell all the bad things that happened because, because, um, but very, very similar things, very, very similar things happened. And, and the difference between this kid was he was 25 days out from injury. Mm. And if you look at any stem cell trial in the world, they won't take anybody past 20 days because I told you what happens at day one, but at day 20, you're never getting anything back ever. So this kid was, if it could be worse than the first kid, this was worse. And he, um, uh, again, more bad things happened. And I'm like, and, and, and I, I, I came back in the OR after, after I said, Hey, look, this is what happened. This is what I came up with. This is the best I got. He goes, that's all we can do. And a lot of praying and, and they're, they're waking the kid up from surgery and they're telling, Hey, Ricardo, you know, move your left hand, move your left hand. And, and he starts to move it like this. And he's like, you know, uh, he's like, I can't, it hurts. It hurts. He just didn't know that he was twitching his left hand because he mm -hmm. hadn't moved it in almost 30 days. Um, so what kind of procedure did they actually perform? Um, well, they performed, you know, surgery on his neck where they, where they instrumented it. Okay. And, and my part of it was, was really the regenerative medicine part of it. Right. And what's interesting about the second patient was that, um, 
again, within three days, he was moving his arms. And at day 30, half of the ICU contracted Pseudomonas, which is an awful bacteria bug, which will, and, and he, he basically locked up like he had rigor mortis. And, and to make a long story short, I made the decision to, on the first kid to, um, because we use bone marrow, mm. uh, I made the decision to go ahead and use the PRP with it, which I don't know why I did that. Um, and we did it in the second kid. And now I know that had we not used that PRP on either one of those kids with the mold and the bat and the, the pseudomonas, they wouldn't have survived because of all the antimicrobial and antibacterial properties of the PRP. The, because those kids in the ICU died from pseudomonas. He, and he, there's no way he shouldn't have died mm. with an exposed spinal cord and whatnot. Um, so that just, <laughs> if you can imagine, then it became the ALS patient, then it became the infertility patient, then it became the MS patient. And I'm like, <laughs> what is, what are these things that are happening to me? Um, and what am you, what am I trying to be shown here? And then my son became vaccine injured, my mm -hmm. fifth child. And then it became personal. Um, and then I realized in that moment that I think I know what I'm supposed to do. And about, about that time that I was, was peeling the onion back on how did he get autism? Um, I had a dream and in that dream, um, it was very clear to me that I was supposed to build this software and develop this Trudos product that I had long thought about, you know, years before. And with the, the profits of Trudos, I'm supposed to erect this facility that would treat these unmet knee diseases, a destinational spot that would be basically in North Texas and um, and then it became real clear to me when I woke up exactly why I was being shown all of these unexplainable encounters with things that you've never re read about. It, it's a surreal story, Tapley. It really is. <laughs> and I have to say so much of great innovators and, and great creators have, have had, I'm not going to say similar stories because they're not similar. They're all different but have had these moments of inspiration, have had these signs given to them, have had these dreams and everything. So, um, you know, it follows in line with that. And it is really interesting. Now, you know, the thing I'm really excited to get into is, is to talk about why did these things happen and what happened next, right? This idea of true dose, because if we go back a little bit, PRP, platelet-rich plasma, has been around for a long time. And it's mostly been popularized, I think, in sports medicine. Uh, yep. You have Tiger Woods, Rafael Nadal, and in aesthetics and anti-aging. Kim Kardashian popularized the vampire facial, right? And, and it kind of went from there. So a lot of people do understand its uh, kind of properties and healing that, you know, those sort of issues or helping people in the beauty and aesthetics anti-aging world. But in reality, it's, it's much more powerful. And I mean, you just gave amazing cases of what can happen with PRP. So can you go in a little bit before we even get to Trudos and why is this different than regular PRP? 
what's the big deal about PRP? Because everyone's talking about stem cells. Like that is the, the end game is stem cells. And that's where we'll be able to rid of all diseases, which I think is, is you know, up for debate, of course. But where does PRP fall in the conversation? So um, that, that's like the most, that, that's like the million dollar question, because when I, when I, what I'm getting ready to explain to you, it'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Um, because all those cases I, just, I described were all with bone marrow. And I had, and when I first got into the career meta, in, the, in the medical field with regenerative medicine, it was with PRP. So I came into the field when PRP was just kind of just getting kind of cool with sports medicine. But I, but, but it, it, if you look at the medical literature and how they evolved PRP, it was like, okay, we think it works. It has these applications. Let's move on to the next stem cell. And then we'll, we're going to move on to the next stem cell. So we're so far down the line with, with what's the next stem cell, the, the, the magic bullet that actually cures this, that we never really understood the proper or the, the healing potential of the very first thing, which is PRP. So when I started bridging biosciences, knowing that we've, we've moved on to this, we've, we're, we're so far in, down into the cell that, that we're making it so confusing for people, that uh, patients, that I said, if we're going to do this, then we can't start with bone marrow. We're going to have to start with what people understand. And, and they understand blood and they understand PRP because it's been around and it's, it's published. And it wasn't until, and so we started with, you know, like you just said, sports medicine and, and aesthetic based things. And there's no doubt that the true dose thing, the true dose and the actual dosing of it was making hair grow exponentially better. There is no doubt that it was turning these outcomes for knee applications into um, people aren't coming back after the first treatment. I never knew that it would have these untapped potential until I went to the University of Minnesota and this was, I was a year into this uh, with the company and I, uh, we were treating these three ladies at, at the University of Minnesota who had an incurable hair disease. And these ladies had been under their care for a decade. Um, and they had tried everything, steroids and lasers and, and, and I said, hey, look, and even PRP, I say, look, I think if we just try this and dose it appropriately, that it'll work. Um, and you got to understand, these weren't ladies who had just some 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 receding hairline. These these women looked like they had mange. I mean, I, I don't know how it's it's awful. And at thirty days, uh, unexpectedly, the they the physicians saw hair growth, and it really just blew their hair back. And at sixty days, they saw hair growth, and at ninety days, and I mean, there's no known reports of it. And I was sitting in the airport and I was like, okay, why are these women growing hair? It doesn't make sense. It does not, there's no way because they have an autoimmune condition that the, that the, that the PRP should be doing this. And then I just quickly dug in the literature a little bit and I tripped on something and I called my wife and I said, Hey, when we get home, we're going to try something because she's, she's usually the test pilot for things that we did to my fifth, my son who became injured. I said, we're going to try something. And she's like, will it kill me? I don't know. I don't think so. But I, I think it's going to work and do some things that, so we get home, we did it and we supercharge it and we gave her the, uh, the intravenous therapy and it, it did all kinds of things to her. 
um, unexplainable, unexpectedly. Then it became the second patient, then the third patient. And then by the 15th patient, um, it was, we were starting getting referrals of people who had severe depression, psychological disorders, autoimmune conditions. And it was like, hey, will this help my friend who has this? And I'm like, I have no idea. And then, and then after a while, it became really clear that we totally missed the ball on the untapped potential of what the, the ability of our own platelets can do and the regenerative capabilities of, of something as simple from our own blood can do. Um, because, uh, and, and then now, if you look at now the scientific literature, it, it totally matches up because, because now it's kind of, it's, what we did not know and understand about PRP long ago, they're now starting to understand, like right now, the the antiviral capabilities, the antibacterial capabilities. Um, what we've tapped into is really the the neuro capabilities. Right, and, and it makes sense because in medicine we know there's a saying called "the devil is in the dosage," and. <laughs> It's, it's incredibly important to know what type of dosage to give to a patient. And, then, and you're basically stating that the downfalls of a lot of PRP in the past and what we overlooked for almost over a decade now is that we weren't looking at the concentration and how to personalize that to the patient so that they have the most effective response to the treatment, to the platelets that you're providing them. So tell me a little bit more about TrueDose and how does it get to that super concentrated and incredibly tailored, uh, you know, dosage for each patient? So if you think about, like, I mean, just, just to restate what you said, because it's, it's because the concept of dosing for regenerative medicine is very counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very easy for, say, things we take, you know, like medicines because we have to metabolize it, but we don't think of things in terms of medicine, because it's, it's, you have, it's counterintuitive to think that if a tissue is injured, does it really require a critical number of cells that actually start the healing process? And the answer is yes. And is there a critical number of cells that could actually lead to inhibitory things? The answer is yes. <laughs> yep. And so if you look at PRP in general, I'm, I'm just going to say probably 98% of, of what is being done across America, aesthetic-based uh, and sports medicine-based, is, is, is not even scratching the surface to what a therapeutic dose should be. You know, if you take, you know, uh, here's how many plates I have circulating in my blood, here is what therapeutic starts, most PRP is about right here. Mm -hmm. And it's so what Trudos does is really a testing platform we created um, with it, it incorporates artificial intelligence. And so I need I can take a sample of your blood that day because, you know, platelets are going to vary depending on what's happening in your body. And then I can take that measurement. And now that the software has determined and learned dose specifics for certain conditions you know, knee injection, um, hair, uh, autoimmune related things and, and all those, because it's learned the dosages per mil. So if you think about it, I have to have a certain number of platelets in each mil of injection, 
that I inject because that's what dose is, right? Um, and I only say it like that because that's a very counterintuitive thing I just said. And if this is the, the dose that I need, and I know that one of the components is determining how many platelets I have that day, then I need to understand how many platelets I have. And then in between that process, there's so much variability between the centrifugation process, between the way you handle it, between the way that the, the, the technique, there's about seven or eight different variables of, of mixing and baking the cake before you get the stuff in the syringe. Mm -hmm. The artificial intelligence normalizes all of that. And then it says, for you, Casper, I need to take 88 mils of blood from you to have this healing dose for your shoulder. For your sister, I need to take, for the same condition, 62 mils. For your dad, it's 41 mils. So the, the amount of blood that we're taking from each one of us will be different, but you each get the same dose. And so, uh, uh, and how that's different from say how it's done today, if, if anybody listening has had a PRP done, they could, if you walk into an office, a clinic, and let's say 10 patients were gonna walk in with a knee condition. And, and let's say the doctor says, each one of you has the same knee condition, you're all gonna get PRP. We're gonna draw 20 mils of blood from you, 20 mils of blood from you, 20 mils of blood from you, 20, right? So everybody's really a size nine shoe. True dose says, nope, this is you, this is you, this is you, but you all get the same dose that's required. Yeah, it's really interesting because I've had traditional PRP therapy. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it was it was a good response, I would say, for myself. But I understand everyone gets a different response. It was kind of some people saw results, some people didn't. And there's always been a little bit, I think, of a question mark due to that. There was a yes. little bit of ineffectiveness. And, and it was everyone just got the same treatment. You're all the same. Let's inject you and that's it. Whereas when I went through the process, because I had the true dose uh, regenerative therapy, <laughs> okay. and I loved it because it was so tailored so specific and precise you know getting that readout and seeing that ai working on a computer screen to show you the platelets to show you the numbers to make you feel confident of what's happening was was such a godsend to the old way of doing it basically which is just pull and re-inject you know centrifuge re-inject so i i really appreciate that well you um you know, and, and really the funny thing is that um, unexpectedly, when we, uh, the first site that we were doing this at, um, they were mostly aesthetic-based uh, conditions. And within 90 days, you know, which is typically for a hair treatment, the hair was going just like, whoa. And the, the, the sexual dysfunction was just, whoa. And usually the treatments are offered in kind of packages. You know, you know, we offer a three treatment package, you know, for this amount of money. And I got a call one day and she said, Hey, we got a problem. Um, patients are getting better, you know, with large, with the first treatment. And I'm like, well, what's the problem? Well, I offer three package deal, which is typically what I've been been offering. And they're wanting some money back. And I go, 
offer, you know, charge more. I go, patients don't want that. Patients don't want to feel like they're going in and, and, and buying a car. It's their health. If you, if you help them under, I said, if you help them understand why and what they're getting, they want that. And if you personalize it, so it just dawned on me, um, that, um, that I was going to be having this problem with every office that we were going to be going to. And, and so what, what subsequently happened is, is that, uh, um, all of these offices started to charge more because the outcomes were better. And I'm like, if the outcomes are better, I, I wouldn't want to pay. It's my health. You know, I wouldn't want to, I, I don't want to go look for the cheapest, but when you, when you give people 20 mils, 20 mils, 20 mils, 20 mils, or you treat everybody like a size nine shoe and you don't tell them why you force people to price shop. And people don't want to price shop. They want information. And they want value. They want to understand that if they're spending that money, they will get better. And that's what you're seeing here is you're giving a very precise dose. You're using incredible technology to get there and you're super concentrated. You're getting billions of platelets. And here's the other factor I have to bring up a little bit. You're doing it in an IV push. You're going intravenously with a lot of this. And that's really interesting because most of what PRP is either just transdermal, you know, in a facial or in directly into the joints. But this is actually going through an IV push directly into the bloodstream. And, and you know, that's part of my question for this is why did you choose to go directly into the blood? And the other part of this question would be, what type of you know conditions are you using it on because it's going beyond injuries and anti-aging correct i commonly make a joke it's not even a joke it's really sincere that we're way past knee pain mm-hmm. i'm will i'm way past making my hair grow we're on to things that are really unlocking and and unlayering the the these 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 real problem conditions, autoimmune-related things, metabolic-related things. And let me read off some of these because I was looking at the literature and what you guys have, bridging bioscience, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, Lyme disease, Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis. These are serious conditions that are impacting more and more people, and we don't have adequate answers and solutions. So this is really interesting that you're seeing these results using this true dose PRP on these patients. And do you attribute some of that because you are now utilizing it in an IV push that allows the platelets to go where they need to, to regenerate certain cells throughout the body and not localized? What you just said right there, because what we know about the platelet. So what medical, um, Conventional medical wisdom has taught us about the platelets is that they're largely for clotting, right? It, you know, it, you know, platelets are the reason that I that I don't bleed out when I get a paper cut. But if you if you now, especially with the coronavirus, if you look now, platelets are circulating your body and doing two things: they're looking for things to repair, and they're looking for things that have invaded you. Okay, so let's just start with things that have invaded you. You know, bacteria viruses, things like that. Let's take a virus, like let's just call it maybe uh, the coronavirus. When, when the platelet comes in contact with the virus, you know, we largely think the white blood cells are going to be the ones coming to our aid as far as our immune response. Actually, that's, they, don't, they don't come activated until the platelet says, I need help. Hmm. I need help. Well, I have something in my body right now that I need help. 
it releases a bunch of uh, antiviral, anti-replicating viral uh, growth factors and peptides and cytokines that basically slow up the virus, waiting for the, the white blood cells to come. And actually the platelet is responsible for gathering some of that DNA intelligence from the virus and giving it to the body later on down the line for us to develop antibodies. It's like, how did we miss this? Um, you know, and so let's talk about repair. You know, when we talk about IV systemic repair, when we have, I now know that when we have, you know, when we, when we conventional medicine is, you know, we think of our body as a system, but conventional medicine is taught that our body is a system of parts. That's why we have different specialties, right? When in fact, our body, all of the body parts interchangeably work together and they all are interdependent on one another. If you start to think of it that way, then it really goes down to, well, I have pain, you know, here in my head. I, I just don't feel well. That pain could be the, that, that might be the reason you're in the office, but the reason could be three or four things that are around the body. And, you know, how do you get to that? You can't just stick a needle in your head. Um, I believe what's going on here is that if we think that platelets are surveilling your body, looking for things to repair and things to, um, uh, and for invading pathogens, then you have to think that, that they're honing or, 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 or signaling to, okay, I have issues here. What's the, what's the, what's the most important thing I need to fix right now? And where do I need to devote my attention? And what's kind of interesting is that many of these patients, they talk about how they have some tingling, you know, right here in the back of the head. So you think about that, that's your nervous system, that's your communication. I mean, that is, that's, that, that is your, that is your control tower of your entire body. So um, if we can repair that, um, then, then, um, then the body can actually communicate effectively with one another and start to repair this and start to repair that. Um, it, it's truly mark, remarkable what, what, what was, what's really going on. Yeah. And, and the wonderful part of this is you're using what you already have in your body. You know, you're, you're basically utilizing a natural therapy that you already have. Your body already is generate, regenerating and you're just kind of pushing it in that direction to go further and, and guiding it a little bit more. And isn't it true that platelets PRP actually is somewhat of an activator uh, for stem cells as well, that you can inject all the stem cells you want into your body without the platelets. They won't know what to do, correct? I'm glad you brought that up because this is really... And this is a, this goes right to the heart of why starting with PRP, you know, luckily was because when 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 patients think of I want to get regenerative therapy, stem cell therapy because they're in pain and they hurt. When we injure ourselves, the body goes through a sequential order of events that it, it does not deviate from. It's a, it's really a five stage process. Whether you cut your finger you get into a car wreck and you hurt your head. It does not matter. It's a sequential order. The first thing that happens is the platelet identifies that there is a repair need, right? The second thing that happens is that it calls upon the immune system to come help and uh, for cellular health. These aren't stem cells 
that we that you're talking about. The third thing is I've got to make sure that I have enough blood vascular highways to the tissue that's been injured. Because if I don't have blood vessels and highways that are to the tissue, there's no way for stem cells to get there. There's no way for oxygen to get there. There's no way for nutrients to get there. Guess what starts those first three phases? The platelet starts it, the platelet calls them, and the platelet's responsible for laying down those blood vessels. Those are facts. The fourth stage, once the highways are laid down, then the platelet calls upon what we think of stem cells to come in. Because now it's saying, hey, the whole foundation's laid. The, 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 because I give patients the analogy of, think of the platelet as like the general contractor on a job site. Hmm. It sees the big picture. It, it has specialized knowledge of coding, you know, you know city codes, the, the time that it takes concrete to cure so it can overlap different processes to keep it going on a timeline. Stem cells, when we think of stem cells, they are they're like individual independent contractors. I can only know how to do drywall. I only know how to do plumbing. I only know how to do brick. Um, and so the playlist is responsible for saying, hey, okay, now I'm at stage three and four. I need three brick guys. I need two drywall guys, right? The problem is, is that a lot of stem cell therapies, they just inadvertently inject a bunch of stem cells into the body. And when you're in a chronic condition, you know, chronic disease pain, that means that the body, does, the body's already allocated resources to that injury. It's already gone through that five-stage process of, of repair, and the body has moved on. The, the tissue itself is still hurting and injured, but it's stuck in this chronic loop of stage two, which is inflammation. Mm -hmm. So unless you initiate stage one again and start that process over, your body doesn't know to, to do the normal sequential repair. So if I put stem cells into the body and I'm stuck in this chronic loop of stage two, I basically ignored the first three critical stages that are the body is responsible for doing. And I've ignored that whole process. Um, which is, which is the main reason why if you, if you look at anybody who's had stem cell therapy, they're like, yeah, it didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Well, the body didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. It's, it's the information that's so important, right? People think you could just throw the whole lot of stem cell supplements, all these different things at the body without the information to coordinate it. it it's, it's kind of useless. And that's a lot of what I think medicine is seeing now is that you need more informational therapies to truly address chronic disease. Because as long as the improper information remains, you could start to correct things. But if that initiation point of the wrong information is there, the body will go back into degeneration, inflammation, yes. all these things. So it's really like, you know, this true dose PRP is an informational therapy that gets That's your body exactly. to do the right thing, which is amazing. Ah. I might steal that line from you because <laughs> that's actually, no, because that's actually, remember when I said, when I was sitting in Minnesota and I said, I tripped upon this thing and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. I, don't know if you, uh, I said it about 30 yep. minutes ago. Yep. That one thing I tripped upon was if you look at just uh, 
you know, platelets have these growth factors in them. You know, the growth factors to do this, to do that. One of them is the growth factors to create blood vessels. Okay. Um, and you just said the comment about communication. And I, I mean, a minute ago, I, I talked about this, which is communication. The body, when you think of the breakdown in all these metabolic conditions, it's a breakdown in the body's inability to effectively communicate with one another. And the way I usually describe it is if you, you know, if this is a, a wire, this outer white covering right here is the protective sheath around the wires. And the wires are the things that communicate, right? But here's the protective sheath. Mm -hmm. the when this becomes stripped i have an you know communication becomes affected right it turns out that one of the growth factors within platelets is specifically responsible for re-insulating these wires mm -hmm. and when i saw that i'm like whoa i've never even heard that but that makes sense if we can repair the insulation around our neurons then then we should be free from things attacking us we sh then the body will want will have the ability to establish reconnection and communication okay well that makes sense maybe it'll work that's really the genesis of how that thought came no it, it makes complete sense when you break it down right you do need communication and you need information without those two things i mean what are we why do we have five fingers instead of six it's because of those two things you know yep. dna tells you the information then the cells communicate to make it happen so you know if it all starts there and platelets are such a big part of that why wouldn't you look at that more as such a regenerative and and such a I would say beneficial therapy for so many people because it's just so simple i think <laughs> i think we over and i'm and i mean this it's over um you know uh yeah i think i think something as simple what do i think prp you know the way we're doing it is going is the cure of everything no i don't if i had the ideal do I believe that cells within our body and within our own body have the ability to regenerate things that are hurting us? Yes, I do. Because, because, because the cells within our body have the epigenetics to talk the same language as cells within our body. They, it understands, you know, the cells within our body have a language that they talk that only they can understand. Mm -hmm. It's just when we come to this point of when we are dysfunctioned, there's a point to where our body enjoys a constant state of either repairing itself or defending itself. When you become metabolic, your body is saying, I have to devote all my energy to defending myself and I'm incapable of devoting resources for repair. Right. So, so if you can tip that scale back into your favor, like with doing the, the right dose of the PRP, you've now evened out the battle within your body. And so now my body is able to not only defend it myself, but I'm also able to start doing some repair and not just, not just, not just, um, give me some relief, but actual restoring function, right. And actually yeah. repairing the tissue. Yeah, no, I mean, I've seen the results from what you're seeing and what, you know, patients have, have been, who've gone, undergone this therapy, have shown and it's really you know impressive now are there any safety issues because you brought up the topic before platelets are for clotting a lot of people <laughs> know that 
And so the idea of running billions of them at a time through your blood, right, could cause clotting concerns for some. Is that true? Are there any safety precautions with this therapy? No, there's not. If you look at the literature on, let's just take it PRP in general, right? It's probably the most, it's arguably the most established thing within the medical literature. Thousands of articles across numerous specialties, numerous applications. It is arguably the, the and it's from your own blood. So it's largely considered homeopathic. Mm. Um, now you're talking about the, uh, the infusion intravenously is where there's some eyebrows raised. Absolutely. Because you would think, um, that I don't want to cause clot, but platelets don't spontaneously clot if they don't need to. Now, now I don't, uh, um, don't take my word for it. Now on my advisory board is, is, uh, Jesus Alcaraz, who's an internationally uh, known hematologist in Spain. Um, Jesus Alcaraz has really pioneered now uh, the therapy for intravenous administration of PRP for cerebral palsy and uh, pediatric patients. So, um, I mean, uh, I would never want anybody to take my word for it because I'm not a doctor. Um, but have we seen any clotting issues? The answer is no. Uh, have we done our, uh, the best to say we've reached out to the, the foremost expert in the world on hematology with specifically these applications? Yes. And he goes into a nice scientific way, reason as to why they won't clot. But we've, there's even been patients who've been treated with clotting disorders mm. who have had cancer, uh, metastatic cancers, which would, which would be, a, which would be out of the realm of, of, you know, no way, but these patients are fine. Would you say there are better candidates for true dose PRP and would everyone benefit or, or are there people that, you know, you'd say, well, these people are really going to benefit and these maybe not so much. I think that, um, I think that the best candidates are, uh, um, I would say the best ones that I can say with, you know, let me, let me answer that a different way. Are there things where I can say, no doubt? Yes, absolutely. If you fall into the category of, you know, fibromyalgia, um, or, uh, Lyme or, um, or even things related to neurocognition or, um, things related to dysfunction like dyslexia, no doubt in my mind. Mm. Um, there's not enough. And I can, I can only say that because early on our journals, you know, when you, you know, sorry, our, our data collection has been patient journals, because if you look at patients who live with these conditions, they know their bodies better than anybody else, even the doctor. So we had patients, and, and oftentimes they live with the conditions so long that they don't realize these incremental benefits they're getting. So we had people starting writing down journals and you can see very clearly themes starting to kind of filter out. Um, vision, you know, cognition, uh, clarity, um, uh, um, 
just basically people who just like I have no idea why I'm in pain and uh, I've tried everything that patient I think um uh, I think um uh, that everybody it, it's almost um and I also think that that for the therapy to have the best benefit is that you can't just do the therapy by itself it needs to have really some additional modalities wrapped around it so for example nutrition becomes important other uh biotherapies become important uh laser therapies and also the follow the treatment because you have to do the best to get your body in the best state to do the best good with the therapy and you have to do the best thing to enhance the therapy yeah what we've what we found at the center just starting with it is that there are absolutely synergies with things like improving the detox pathways while you're administering the prp doing certain nutritional ivs doing certain even light therapies that could stimulate some regenerative properties either in the skin or wherever the issues are so that combination is truly synergistic it's almost again you get the information, then you add more kind of workers to everything, and suddenly things start to go at a quicker rate, that healing response. You know, um, just, to, just to answer your question, because it, it, it's, it's usually one where I'm hesitant to say anything because it's, you know, I'm not a doctor. Sure. Right? Um, but I know that several of the clinics are now offering this, uh, because we're all if you live on planet earth we're all have some sort of autoimmunity right now we just it's, we're just not there yet so um the 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 i would say the the people who don't have the 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 life-changing kind of outcome are really the ones that no i i, I really just want to take it because my friend she did great or he did great and i just want to try it um i wouldn't if you have that kind of discretionary income that where you can uh, just try it as preventative, um, I know that I do it uh, as preventative because I just don't want to let myself get to a metabolic tipping point. But if you're expecting to have these, you know, these amazing results, if you're not really hurting from something, then you don't really realize that something is really wrong. So you're not going to have these perceptions of, of, the benefits that your purse that your friend had who who really was suffering from something right yeah um if that makes sense no it totally does and you know i've i've taken myself for that exact reason preventing and wellness and kind of this idea of biohacking and always trying to stimulate things so i could absolutely see this in that way is there such thing i mean there's always such thing as too much but what what is the kind of um uh, you know recommended dose because you said after one people were seeing great things that they didn't need to go back for a second or a third injection. So and what is, what is the average kind of, you know, number of therapies needed here? And that, and that, de- and that depends to give context. Sure. Because when you're, th- if my pain, if my knee hurts, right, then I know that my knee, my, my, my pain is focused on my knee. Um, that's a pretty cut and dry. If I want to grow hair, then then I know that I can see if hair is growing. <clears throat> Those are things that I was saying that there are largely one treatment and they're seeing rapid response or rapid healing. And when you have dysfunction and you have metabolic or some sort of fibromyalgia, it might take a couple treatments 
it because because you're having to unwind and repair a cumulative effect of living on planet Earth and things that have have been the result of uh, of just you know lifestyle and and contributing factors that we have no idea what they are, right? Medications, foods, environment. Um, for those people, it might take um, two three treatments. And so the, the answer is, well, how many? We came to the conclusion that you need to listen to your body. Mm-hmm. You know your body better than anybody. If you don't need the medication, don't take it. If you feel like, because everybody's going to feel this, like I feel great, I feel great. And all of a sudden, you know that there's a point to where it starts to plateau, mm-hmm. right? When it starts to plateau, for, um, let me give you an example. Yep. I, I can, I can recall two specific Lyme patients. One was in, one was 19, one was 62. The one who was 19, her results lasted and kept going and going and getting better and better all the way to eight months. And then she came back in for another one. The lady who was 62, she saw those same exact results, but she hit that plateau at about 60 days, right? You can see that one lived on planet Earth a little longer. One's a little bit just, so she would have to get another treatment. Mm -hmm. And then you see those results lasting a little bit longer, another treatment a little bit longer to the point to where that 62 year old doesn't have to, she could possibly get preventative treatments every year, right? It doesn't have to go every two months. It's just listen to your body. Yeah. Your body will tell you. Are there any contraindications for from doing it, you know, once a month, let's say. Let's say I want to get to superhuman level here, right? I want to live to 180 or something, and I want to keep doing this. Are there any contraindications I should know about if I'm just going to say I'd like to keep doing True Dose on a monthly basis or quarterly basis? No, I mean, that's what I do. And I know a lot of patients do that now. Um, and... The short answer is no. There, there are there are no contraindications. Um, and that's again, the beauty of, of an informational therapy, right? It's kind of telling someone, if you already have the information, I gave it to you, it's going to do you no harm. It's, it's not that I'm doing, <laughs> so, right? I told you something you already know. If you didn't, then yeah, that's great. You have new information. But if you already know it, there is no harm in it. And that's the beauty of the type of medicine we're talking about here with Trudose, with innovative medicine is, you're really doing no harm. You're giving the body what it should do anyway. And if it's already there, okay, it's not going to hurt you. As opposed to drugs and chemicals that, yeah, if you give the wrong one, you're, you're in some, you know, serious kind of pain danger there. Think of like your body as like one of those, uh, those, those, those boards they use for, um, for music where you can push all the dials up and down. You can adjust things. Your body, imagine like a board that's got a thousand of those switches on it. When we take medicines and we take different things, our body is constantly adjusting those things Mm -hmm. and trying to establish normal, right? When we get to the point to where those things are so out of tune, it's, it's, and you, and, and, and now you dysfunction. Uh, The question is, is would I do this every month? So my body can start, you know, ratcheting these things back to the right frequency and balance. The short answer is yes. Because each time I you're, you take the therapy, it's adjusting it and adjusting multiple of them. Okay, now it's at its new normal. 
That's not the new normal. That's not the normal you had when you were first born. It's take therapy again. Let's adjust it back. And I think working it's because it's from your own body, your body wants to repair itself. It doesn't want to stay dysfunction, right? It wants to, so it's, so if you just give it the power to heal itself, it's going to know where to put it. Yes. Yeah. That's really well said. And that's, that's really what I think every doctor uh, and any practitioner should be going for is how to get the body to heal itself again, not trying to manage it and not trying to force certain things onto the body, but again, get it back into homeostasis, into that balanced state where it's doing what it needs to do. Now, one of the things you brought up that I do want to kind of get into is, is the cost, because many people may be saying, this sounds fabulous, but what, you know, what am I looking at from the cost? Now, I know it's, it's several thousand, it could be per injection, but I also know that looking at something like stem cells, looking at something like many surgeries that aren't covered, are tens of thousands. If you want stem cells right now, you're probably looking at 20,000 a starting range. And again, like you mentioned, that's not going to go probably, uh, you know, in a 100% effective range of things. You, you don't know what the outcome will be. So can you address that a little bit to someone that would say, well, you know, it sounds very costly to me. There's two ways that I always answer that question. Um, the first one is, is, is what is the cost that you think that you've paid living with pain for as long as you have, right? Cause they've done studies on this and looked at the cost of, of out-of-pocket costs and done 14 year long studies. And the average person doesn't realize that if you just have moderate pain, just unexplained pain, you don't realize you're spending anywhere from 15 to $17,000 on average out of insurance cost annually mm -hmm. um i can tell you it's that cost of getting the true dose treatment even if you got even if it was a couple thousand dollars even if it was three thousand dollars and you got five treatments a year it's way less than what you're paying now and so then you look at the cost of how long you've been living with the pain so my point is is that um People don't think of the cost-benefit ratio because they don't realize how long they've been living with it because they, it's, you know, it's, it's like trying to tell me, you know, if I'm good looking or not. You don't self-assess yourself. Um, but the cost of not doing it, I can tell you, is more costly. So the second way to answer that is especially, that's if you have systemic pain. If you have chronic pain, like I have my chronic, my knee hurts, I tweak my knee, um, because the fact that you, it's largely one injection into the knee when doing it the right way, it's not like you have to come in for another injection. The knee is repaired, it's fixed. So there's, that's it, no more cost. So it's like, even if that cost was $4,000, I can promise you the amount of medications you're doing, the steroids that you're having to do to go back to the doctor, for the knee problem is it, it just accumulates versus saying I'm going to get one injection in the knee and be done with it. Is there any literature out there you'd recommend for people that want to dive down into this rabbit hole, either books or something, whether it's on regenerative medicine or PRP that you'd suggest? Totally. I, I can, I can, the best thing I can do is, is give those, uh, I have a library of curated knowledge, uh, I'll just, well, of curated studies. 
that that I've been accumulating over the years, and I can give you a link that your listeners can uh, tap into. Because um, they should do their own. They should they should do their own information. They should Absolutely. they should be well informed. Um, and and we've written some stuff on because the, because the 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 IV therapy there was they're not going to find anything on it. They're going to read anything on it. I can send you some stuff that we've written that kind of um, pieces together on why uh, the IV therapy makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can send you those for your readers because at the, at the end of the day, um, if you should be well-informed about what you're doing to yourself, if it doesn't make sense, then I wouldn't do it. If it doesn't make sense, then um, maybe you should try it. Yeah. And let's go ahead and do that for anyone listening. We'll be putting that up on Innovative Medicine under the podcast post when it comes out. Now, how many doctors are currently using Trudos in this technology? I think now we have uh, close to 26 sites around the U.S. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's new. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're one of those 26 because it's cutting well, edge and, and I'm glad to see it going this way, but also I'm glad to see it being selectively used on those who really need it the most, our patients we've seen, we've tested this, they need it. Well, I want to clarify that the, we've, we've been hyper selective on who we've, on who we've let use this. So it's not like we've been a, um, oh, we could do, we could go here. We could go there to this clinic. I don't want to do that because, uh, and that's not why I started this company. My, my point was, is um, I want to get this to the right clinics who are doing the right things, who already understand the body's ability to heal itself. And so we've been really hyper-selective on who we let use this. And um, I won't, I don't think, no, I can tell you right now, we won't come to a point to where we're just going to let everybody use this because that's not the point. Right. Um, and what, what have been the, what's been the general response and even from practitioners and patients so far, what you've seen, because you started bridging bioscience and Trudeau's in 2018, correct? And that's two years now. Uh, you're, you're having more and more data and research come in. You're having those uh, independent patient journals and clinical responses come in. What has been that response in general? Individually, I can say that, um, let, you know, for, for say site-specific pain, like my knee hurts, I think that overwhelmingly uh, we've solved that mystery you know, will, will it, will this therapy help for other conditions that, um, for other, for other things that are systemic related, I can, I can say this, we're, we're close to, I think 25, more than 2,500 patients. Um, and the majority of them now are mostly, uh, um, I'm going to call them unmet need, you know, the patients who have no hope, that's mostly what this is now. I would say that um, I would say that the response is almost humbling. It's almost the fact that I never understood that we would be doing this 
I never understood, thought that we would be um, healing the types of things that we would be healing. I never thought that this would unlock, I never thought we would unlock this many things. Um, and so um, I think that there's more than enough patient testimonials of patients having hope again for the first time. I'll give you an example. A father called me last night, he found my number. His son had autism and his wife had Lyme's. And you're talking about people that have been through the ringer and they've, you know, his son's 15. And, and um, at the end of the call, he goes, hey, look, I can tell that we've, we've done everything. And all I can say is, is for at least for my son, because um, that's what we were talking about. He said that uh, this is the most strides we've ever made with him. And so the question to your, the answer to your question is, is that um, I still want to um, be collecting this data and I want to make sure that emphatically, you know, this is what the Trudos can treat. These are the types of frequencies it needs. These are the types of additional therapies it needs. This is the type of nutritional plan it needs. That's where we're going with this. So we can truly personalize and tailor individual medicine. Um, these are the types of conditions that it's probably not the best thing for. And, but I can say this as a last thing that I've, we've yet to stumble across something that it's not helping. Mm -hmm. Let's put it that way. That's, that's wonderful news. And where can people learn more about bridging biosciences and true dose yourself as well? We um, are going to relaunch the website. We took okay. that down. We took we took that website down um, once I started seeing the uh, once I started seeing the effects and what it was really doing. I took the website down, and because well, I'll I'll just say it. If this is truly what this is, then I really felt responsible for making sure that it's kept in good hands. Mm. And so I didn't want the, I didn't want to get the word out. So we're going to be relaunching the website and with, with all types of educational videos, um, all types of informational videos, um, and along with the Trudos website as well. We'll be launching it here real soon. I'll get that to your, to you. And, uh, uh, it's just been a matter of us curating all this information so we have, so we can give patients accurate information. One last question, actually, I had about where does the FDA and the medical community stand on PRP, True Dose, uh, even the athletic commissions? Is this sort of, I know <laughs> athletes do this, but is it doping? Does the FDA, because FDA has some, you know, pretty strong opinions on stem cells. And it's, you know, a little bit in a gray area, but moving into a regulated and, and not allowed area. So where, where do the regulatory bodies fall with Trudos and PRP? This is a, um, a very important and good question. Um, FDA. The FDA with the passing of the, the, the 21st Century Cures Act, okay? Um, I believe it was in 2017 or 18 that they basically want the regenerative medicine discovery and progress to advance forth. However, with the stipulation that 
that that practitioners are using uh, therapies that are well known and the risks are well understood. So when you when you when you lay it out like that, there's really only uh, really one one thing that's really well known and the risks are well understood. You have cells from my body, cells that are not from my body. Mm. There's hardly any literature. So you know, when people think of umbilical cord stem cells or allograft stems, if they're not coming from you, then the FDA doesn't like it. So that leaves you with this. Specifically, you, you, you can go on the left, but it says things from your blood, your bone marrow. Those are well established. They're well understood. The risks are well understood. And the, and so the FDA doesn't really regulate those. However, these, they're starting to enforce, enforce clinics to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. Stop, stop promoting that. If you, if you're doing this cells from the patient's own body, do that. So it's got a thumbs up there. It's got a thumbs up. Yeah. And that's always uh, good to know. That's always good to know because there's so much out there that, that doesn't yet have a thumbs up and people are always wondering, all right, once we get started with this, will it be taken away from us? And a lot of what's happened in integrative and alternative medicine is that you're seeing a lot of great options start to be taken off the plate and not allowed. So it's really wonderful to hear that there are these advances happening and they're natural advances really in many ways. I mean, they're not chemically induced or they don't have many side effects and they're getting the thumbs up, which is what you want to see. You want to see medicine advance. And this is what I think, you know, the direction it has to go is things like Trudeau's. I think that if, I think that we're very lucky to have to be in the time, I understand the whole world and what it is now, but I think that we're lucky to have, um, uh, I guess the governmental bodies that recognize that, that say, we recognize patients are having to go overseas and do these things. It shouldn't be that way. We have great physicians here. We have great technology here. Um, just, we don't want you doing this. If you're doing this, we want you to, you know, explore the complete understanding of what, of what these cells can do from our own body. Trudos unlocks that potential because if you don't understand at what dose does what thing, we will never understand the full potential of what these cells can do. So the ability for Trudos to say, hey, at this dose, I know that vision gets better. At this dose, I know that, you know, um, that uh, uh, speech improves. At this dose, I know that, you know, dyslexia, you can read better. And uh, that's what we're figuring out. Um, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because after, uh, after I, uh, I don't know if I have to say this, but last, uh, once we started seeing all the things with the IV therapy, we quickly said we better, you know, patent the method and, and how we're doing this. So, uh, you know, to, for two reasons, number one, we want to make sure that, the, that, 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 that the actual discovery is, is. I want to make sure it's protected. Mm -hmm. And the last thing is I want to make sure the facilities that are doing it, that, that they have, uh, that they are, are, uh, are honored sites, if you will, that they have exclusivity to that technology. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so glad that you had this dream Tapley, and I'm glad you <laughs> saw it through 
because we're thrilled about this. Other people should be really thrilled about this as well. And I'm hoping that this just continues on this route. And I hope you keep doing what you're doing and helping people out. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad to have you guys on board. Tapley made a great case for what if everything we need to heal is already within us and we just need to help catalyze our ability to use it effectively. Our bodies are these incredible healers. And rather than going outside of them with chemicals and new lab discoveries, maybe it's time we go deeper inside. That approach combined with advanced technology like AI may just be where the future of medicine needs to go. Science and nature, or natural healing if you want to call it that, doesn't have to be an either-or scenario, and bridging the gap may just be the solution to our health problems. Our clinic, the New York Center for Innovative Medicine, is excited to be one of the first to offer TrueDose PRP, and we'll be sure to let you know the results as they come in. This isn't a magic pill, but it seems to be a really great tool along with many others that are pushing the boundaries of medicine. Until next time, stay healthy, happy, and continue to write your own healing story.